Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. It is May 28th on a Thursday. Club going up on a uh, Thursday. Dude, I am so sick of this weather, and it just started. Oh my gosh, humidity sucks. We're from yeah. the uh, northeast, so when it gets warm out, it doesn't get good warm. It gets gross warm. Right. I guess the east coast is all gross warm. I just I can't stand it. Yeah. Especially because I'm still stuck in my house, too. So. I guess I'm they would call it a tropical room. climate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway... It is uh, Tuesday, no, Thursday, March 28th, like I already said. Uh, we got a lot to get to in this episode. We're going to go into part two of ADP analysis. Uh, we wanted to take a quick moment to make the fine announcement. I did tell Rick this time. You did. I told him before the show what the announcement was going to be. So that's I'm very surprised you actually said it because I thought we were just going to start the show. And yeah, and then I was just going to say it. I mean, I think you wanted me to. I kind of a low key a little bit. Yeah. So our our very large announcement is a big step for the fantasy champions uh, as a as a brand. Um, we are announcing our very first draft guide. Mm-hmm. So exciting stuff. So now you can you can purchase our thoughts on everything draft this year. Yeah. Um, pre order pre orders for this will start on June first at twenty five dollars a piece. Um, this is for redraft. There is no uh, uh, daily fantasy and there is no dynasty stuff in this, by the way. So if you yep. purchase it for that and then get ho- like horribly confused, then I'm sorry. Um, so uh, pre-orders start June 1st at $25. That goes up when we launch the draft guide to 35. The launch date for it is July 1st. Um, and you might be curious about what is in this. We got full rankings. Uh, we're going to give you breakouts, busts, uh, player draft values, player breakdowns, uh, draft sheets, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be amazing, and you should probably get it. Uh, be sure yeah. to purchase soon before the price goes up in July, and, and tell your friends if you want to lose your fantasy championship. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, so here it is, draft guide. Yeah. Here we come. A lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work is going to go into this, and uh, I hope you guys are definitely interested in it. Yeah, and we'll remind you every single week. <laughs> yeah, um, we will. <laughs> uh, be sure to, uh, before we jump into the main segment, be sure to do the following. Check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, at the FFChamps, on Instagram, at thefantasychampions. Like us at facebook.com forward slash thefantasychampions. You can subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, please leave a comment below. Um, and share this podcast with your friendonies. Hopefully you don't call them friendonies. Yeah. Seriously. I really hope that. <laughs> so let's jump right into ADP analysis. Today we're going to go through rounds 9 through 15. Yep. And if we have time, if we have time, we will do, um, let's see, we'll do some undrafted guys you might be looking at on the waiver wire. So um, let's start with round number nine. 
Um, we have some interesting players. I mean, you're starting to get into the 30s in terms of running backs and wide receivers off the board. Yeah. Um, this is where you're going to start seeing a lot more, uh, I, guess, I don't want to say sleeper tight ends, but like tight ends that aren't as highly valued as the top six start coming off the board here. And a lot of quarterbacks will probably come off the board at this point. We already have 10 quarterbacks and 10 tight ends at this point. But um, so this is where you're going to start seeing that this is for me, the second half of the draft is probably the most crucial. Like I really like rounds three through six. They're probably my favorite rounds outside of the first, obviously. Um, but you just I, like every round of the draft. You just I like, really do. Every like single time. I like the draft too. The I can't feeling, believe. the feeling of putting that sticker on the draft board with your guy's name on it is just absurd. Uh, but anyway, um, so, but the back half of the draft is a really, it's really a way to add some depth to your team. Some of these guys might not start on your team at all during the season, but they're guys you can hold on to. Um, potentially, you know, maybe they break out, maybe they don't, but they, they're definitely going to be guys that you're going to be wrapping into trades. So yeah. they need to be valuable. Once I get to this point, I usually wait, and, and I, I don't want to stick to this. If, if something frees itself up at the tight end of the quarterback position, I will take it. But generally speaking, uh, I like to wait. We talked about this before. I like to wait until rounds 12 to 15 to draft a quarterback and a tight end. Um, Just because you can get way more value. But every other round, I'm drafting a wide receiver and a running back. And after you got your base position set at wide receiver, running back, and flex, you're basically just drafting best available. Don't go, oh my God, I need two yeah. running backs on my bench. I need two wide receivers on my bench. I need a backup tight end and a backup. There's no such thing as backups. Draft for value in these rounds. Because if you do, you're going to get guys that people value. Um, so let's talk about it. Anything interesting in this selection, in this section for you? So, yeah, I mean, for me, this is, um, like you said, you would start taking quarterbacks and tight ends in the 12th, 15th yeah. round. For me, I probably start looking at him in the ninth round. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little earlier, and it's like this no, round, I don't I disagree with you, but I, um, I don't know that I see. I never see guys that I really want at this point. Yeah, this round, I, I don't know if I would. Um, DeAndre Swift's an interesting guy. Uh, I, I don't know. Is ninth round a little too early for you for DeAndre Swift? Um, I feel like for Swift, I don't think it's early. But yeah. I don't know what you're getting out of Swift at this point. To me, he's got a lot of upside though, because I think he's if got Perrion upside. Gets hurt, yeah, I think Swift becomes like. But so a here's 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 time. here's kind of the situation for me with DeAndre Swift is that if you if you spend a ninth round draft selection on him, maybe maybe I'll say it's a little bit of a reach because if you spend a ninth round draft selection on him early in the season, he's not going to have the starting role. Now some people in the fantasy community believe that. But for me, there's yeah. to me, there's no way he starts week one. I, I um, agree. I think carry on week one will probably get more work. than Yeah. Swift. I might've flipped on that from a take in the past I had. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I think, I think that carry on's going to start early on. Um, yeah. And then, and then you'll see Swift this. I think you might see the same thing with Jonathan Taylor too. Uh, but you'll start to see the, the, you know, situation kind of flip midway through the season. 
Uh, but for me, here's here's what's going to happen. The DeAndre Swift people are going to draft him in the ninth round because they're excited in redraft. Right, you're going to yep. get excited. And and then he's not going to play well for the first four or five weeks of the season. You're either going to be able to snatch him up on a trade or you're going to be able to pick him up off the waiver wire after somebody else drops him. So to me, it's like foresee that, understand that that's going to happen and you can draft him here and then not trade him and hold on to him for the majority of the season until he gets that starting role, right? Or you could let somebody else draft him, waste their ninth round pick, and you know what I mean, wait half the season until he's on the waiver wire. So it's really up to you. I don't think it's a bad selection, but I think if you're sitting there at the top of the, you know, the ninth round, looking at every single one of these players, um, Mm -hmm. every single one of these players, and I don't know, I just, I think that there's more value in this round than that guy. Yeah, Swift, like, I, I think ninth round might be a little too early for him. Um, but then again, like, I'm looking at some of these guys. I I think he he's, his value is probably late ninth, mm-hmm. early tenth. Um, right now he's top of the ninth in this 10 team, kind of, that we're looking at. It's like 87th yeah. overall. I don't think that's, like, too far out of the ballpark for him. He's just somebody who's interesting. Like, I wouldn't mind him having yeah. – I wouldn't mind having him on my team this year uh, just because I do think he's going to get work. Mm eventually i don't know when he is but i think he will eventually so yeah he, he's an intriguing guy who could uh pay off big time at the end for you yeah um rob Gronkowski, uh, i want to know like what your thoughts about on gronk in tampa <clears throat> like what would you, uh, you take him at with 87 because that's his 80 no okay i i seeing what he was with tom brady the last time he played uh i i don't see like he's gonna he's gonna score touchdowns. He's probably gonna be a low end tight end one, but you know, so tight end eight off the board is not bad. It's right yeah. where he probably should go. But for me, I don't see him as. To me, you're gonna draft him, and he's not gonna be a week to week starter. He's gonna be a guy that has great weeks and then has not so great weeks. That's every tight end though, other than Kelsey and Kittle. I know, but uh, what what do the great weeks look like for Gronk? You know what I mean. And what I'm talking Two about, like, when I had Waller last year, Waller would have bad weeks, but those bad weeks were like five or six points. I think sure. Gronk's bad weeks are gonna be one or two His points. Bad weeks are gonna be real bad, and yeah. and they're not. And like, it's it's basically to me. Here's what's gonna happen with Gronk. The games he catches a touchdown, you're going to be happy. The games he doesn't catch a touchdown, you're going to be sad. You know what I mean? And I just don't want to invest my draft capital into a guy that's going to bust more than he's going to perform. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a fair argument. It's not bad to have him on your team to trade to a moron who might be a Patriots fan um, or a Bucks fan. But I think, uh, I don't know. I I just, it's not an, it's not an exciting pick. It's not a bad pick, but it's. Yeah, like, I guess the value I, I think, is right where it should be, but it's. I think there's it. a chance you know he could have a better year than he did his last year the Patriots just because of um, yeah. him taking the year off. I think right. that definitely helped him. But by the way, hold on, I, I want to note uh, to the fantasy champions community: you probably saw our video not being there for about ten minutes. <laughs> oh, forgot to hit record on my cameras. <laughs> yeah, what were you saying? Um. I was talking about Gronk uh, and how, like, I think he might be better yeah. um, than he was with New England in the last year just because he took the year off and He's, his body was, yeah, had some time to heal. But I do agree with you. His bad weeks are going to be bad. Like, they might use him in with the game plan to just block some okay. weeks. 
Yeah. And not use him too much, and he'll get you like two fantasy points. I think I think the like, other the thing. And then the next week, he'll get you 18 to 20. I think the other thing to note on Gronk, too, is that Mike Evans is there. Chris Godwin's there. OJ Howard's yeah, oh, there. Yeah, sure. They got this I new running back. I think he can pass catch. Keyshawn Johnson. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. But um, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn. Sorry. What did I say? Keyshawn Johnson. Yeah. Uh, anyway, enough. yeah, close enough. Um, so anyway, uh, but he's going to, Brady's going to have other options to throw to. Sure. Yes, he has a repertoire with Gronk, but he's also shown that when he's had talent, he doesn't need to throw it to Gronk. Yeah. Um, Gronk is kind of, this is the way, because we are Patriots fans and we watched him for many years. This is the way that Gronk kind of plays in the offense. He is a great target because he has a great catch radius and he's a great receiver, but sure. he's more of a guy to put across the middle. And pull the the linebackers and the safeties in, so that it can open the outside receivers up, and yeah. so or the slot receivers. He just runs you know what I mean? Routes. Right. Kind of so so I mean he has a bigger route tree than just straight, but you get the point. <laughs> he, yeah, His yeah. job is to pull away from the other guys, so that's what he's going to do because he's big, he's bulky, and if you leave him open, he's going to catch the ball and run you over. But um, I, I just. I think for me, I don't see the target share for him being like there, especially in the Arians offense. I know it's going to have a Brady spin. I know Brady likes to throw to tight ends, but it still is the Arians offense. And Arians doesn't usually target the tight end or his system doesn't usually uh, have a lot of routes run for the tight end position. So I, I think the excitement for Rob Gronkowski should be tempered. Sure. Which right That's now right. it is. But when we start getting into draft season, we know people are going to be crazy. So, yeah. yeah. Would um, you take him over Cook or Higby? Yeah. Both of them, I'd probably take him over those two. Yeah. Yeah. See, so yeah, I would too. I don't know about Evan Ingram, but. Yeah. Oh, Ingram should be ahead of all three of those. Ingram's in this round too. Yeah. Um, that's actually, we'll talk about that. That's a great value right there in and yeah. of itself. Um, I did want to note some guys. I think Brandon Cooks in this round in the 10th was <laughs> end of the 10th end of early, early 10, late nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 10, late ninth. Um, perfect value right there. That is, yeah. he's the wide receiver one on that team. He's, he's going to get a decent target share. I mean, I would not be surprised if he passes 120 targets, stays healthy the whole season. I don't know why he's in the ninth and 10th round. Yeah, he's the wide receiver, wide receiver thirty-five. Right yeah, now. dude, that's crazy. I, see, like I thought, I thought he'd be like wide receiver like twenty-five. 25? Yeah, yeah, or, or around that. Like a, like he'd be he'd be at least in the late twenties. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured he'd be. So having him at thirty-five, that's okay. That's pretty nice. Honestly, yeah, yeah I agree. That's great value. Oh, um, Cooks. What was it? I said, yeah, go after Cooks. Oh, yeah, yeah, go after Cooks. I like Sony Michelle on this round, too. Okay, I was going to ask um, you about Sony Michelle. Yeah, I think at this point it's it's solid value for him. I, I would take Cam Akers, too, just because I, I understand the Rams might go RBBC, which would suck, but that he has the upside yeah. and the chance to be the main guy in that backfield. It's so gross, I think it would be worth a pick, I guess. I'd probably still take Sony over him, though. It might be around too early. Yeah. He's, he's um, kind of like Swift where he has upside. I think the amount that the Patriots are going to run, this is very similar to a David Montgomery situation where yeah. um, I think that Sony Michelle is going to get a lot of work. It won't, he won't get, get a lot, lot of passing back. game work, but I think that he's going to get a lot of work on the ground and they still have a good offensive line. And um, 
you know, it, as long as Bill Belichick's the head coach of that team, they're probably going to run a decent offense. So, and they're not going to be great this year by any means, but Sony Michelle has an opportunity. And in the 10th round, you know, ninth, 10th round, you're, you're probably okay taking him. Uh, and sure. then Damian Williams going to the 10th round. Clyde uh, really damaged him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of confused on him because he did have a great end of the season last year. I said that if yeah. they didn't do anything at the running back position, that Dame would be the guy. Uh, and I would draft him as an RB two in fantasy leagues. But I, I, at this point, obviously they draft a Clyde. Clyde's going to be the guy. Yeah. I don't know what the role is for Damian Williams there. He'll probably get work early in the season, but I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is probably going to be there. I've talked about how there's a possibility that he does get cut. I don't think that there's a team in the NFL that picks him up that I'd be excited about him fantasy wise. So I, at this point, I think Damian Williams is probably somebody you should just stay away from altogether. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't if know he's if there in cut, KC, I'm not trying to draft him. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I, I would take Swift or Acres or Sony Michelle over him. Okay, let's um, for their upside. Let's move to uh, round ten. I want to sure. note: uh, don't draft a defense in this round. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we, if you're drafting a defense yeah. in the tenth round, don't. So don't we do got that. some interesting players. Um, Carson Wentz probably is one of the most interesting in this round. Yeah. Um, there's not much like this. Looks like one of those rounds where you're just like, okay. See, I don't know because like I don't like so any of the guys in this round to be honest with you. I don't like besides Brady. Will Fuller. Uh, I love Will Fuller in this round. I don't like John Brown or Philip Lindsay. Yeah. I think Ronald Jones. Is, is worth a pick at this point. Okay. Um, because you know, the, the Tom Brady's not going to throw the ball. 50 he hurt times me last year like so many times. I know he did, but he's still going to, I think he's going to be the guy ahead of Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, he's going to be the starting running back on it and on an offense. that will probably be very solid. Yeah. So I think he's definitely worth a pick here. Um, and he's clearly not getting overvalued. Like I thought Ronald okay. Jones would be going in like the sixth round. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's not. So I, I like the, that there. I like Matt Breda. Uh, I don't know if you do. No. To the Dolphins. So the reason I say that is just because I, in a standard league, not as much, but if you're playing in a half PPR or PPR league. Um, he's not a great pass catcher. He's better than Jordan Howard though. Well, yeah, that's true, but not better, not by much. He's going to be the pass catching back. He had it. He averaged. He averaged uh, all of last season about maybe one and a half targets a game. Yeah, but he also wasn't like getting. He wasn't on the field a lot all of last season. I can pull it to 2018 and check. Sure, go ahead. But Um, yeah, he averaged like maybe two and a half targets a game that season. How many carries a game was he getting though? In 2018 or 2019. Whatever one you just looked up for the two and a half. Uh, hold on, two twenty-eighteen. That was when he was being used the most. He had one hundred and fifty-three carries on the season and missed two games. He was averaging about, I want to say, twelve carries a game. Hmm. So he's not a pass catching back. I, I don't think that's I how think Miami's going to use their running backs. Okay. To be honest, how with do you think they're going to see? They're I, just going to they're going to pound the rock with Jordan Howard and Matt Breda, kind of similar to what Atlanta was. I mean, um, San Francisco was doing, and that's about it. They didn't really target the running back position all that I mean, much they, last year, if, anyway. If they do that, then I don't. I don't want. They didn't have a running back last year, though, at all. Um, well, they did for half the year, the but they like, don't. Through, but they didn't use him though. Miami was so bad, and I see the improvements there. But 
because Jordan Howard is hated on, but he's actually not a bad like passing game back either. So yeah, I uh, think Braid is better though in the passing game. I mean, he can also turn screens into like we saw. I don't see it. I I don't see. I don't see Breda. I mean, if they use him the way you think they're going to use him, then gosh, no, I don't want that. He's worthless. But if they yeah. use him more the way I think they're going to use him, then I think his his value is fine there. Okay. Um, yeah, I would definitely say stay away from Philip Lindsay. Yeah, like you stay away from Lindsay. Uh, uh, I don't, I don't love Christian Kirk. Okay, I was just about uh, to ask you about him, Christian Kirk. Yeah, I think with there's too many weapons on the team, and he he's going to be okay. He's not yep. going to be bad. Uh, just, I don't know how he's probably fine in this round. Mm-hmm. Like, he's just not somebody I'm going out of my way to draft. Like I'd way rather okay. have Will Fuller in this round than Christian. Interesting. Kirk. Um, yeah, I mean, Christian Kirk is still it to me it, for Christian Kirk. It depends on how much, like for me, I statted him as the, as the wide receiver too for Arizona. It depends yeah. on how much they use Larry Fitzgerald, to be honest with you. So yeah. if they decide that they're just going to continue using Larry Fitzgerald like they did last year, then I think Hopkins is going to take all of Christian Kirk's targets and Christian Kirk's going to fall to like, you know, 70 targets for the entire season. But I don't right. think that I think they're going to Christian Kirk's their young receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is on the other side. I really don't think that they're going to be utilizing Larry Fitzgerald too much. But we'll have to see. I mean, they run three wide receiver sets almost 50% of the time. So, you know, or three to five wide receiver sets, I would say like 80% of the time. So, I mean, Christian Kirk's going to be on the field. I don't know if he can reach 100 targets. I think two wide receivers on that team are going to reach 100 targets. It's just a matter of whom. And I think in the 10th round, Christian Kirk's a great value. I don't don't think you're missing out on Christian Kirk. See, I, I just, I don't know, like, how they're going to use Fitzgerald. It's not exciting, but we're in the the 10th round here, Rick. Sure. I would, I like, there's some guys that like, I think Ronald Jones and Will Fuller are probably my two favorite guys in this round. And honestly, I, I would probably, t- I'd be willing to take Chris Carson Wentz as well. Um, okay. Is you, probably, you, he'd probably be the first quarterback I'd look at and say, Oh, I'm more of my taking Rick. He's on the board. Yeah. He's uh, a guy, he's a guy that you, you know, Rick's Rick's strategy in the past has been to use 10th, 11th round picks on, on, uh, <laughs> quarterbacks I, I, who are veterans yeah. and then drafting a kind of breakout guy that might be good, right. you know, as the season goes along. But, um, I, I usually just like to take a shot in the dark. I do that with my streaming and then just go waiver wire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's move on to the 11th round. Um, this has a little bit, so a few more intriguing options for me. Um, okay. I'm interested in, uh, I would say, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of interested in Daryl Henderson, considering that he's literally like they drafted Cam Akers in the fourth round. Sure. So it's not fantastic draft capital for a running back. They brought him in to obviously do something, but I think Henderson has been there. Uh, people were talking about his pass catching work all last off season. So maybe they can improve upon that. I don't mind Henderson here. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, he's, he's, he wouldn't be bad here. Uh, I think somebody with the Rams is going to be okay at running back. I just don't know. Yeah. It's going to be Henderson, Malcolm Brown, uh, Cam Akers. Like, and I do think if they do RBVC, I think it's going to be, it's going to be like the Buccaneers running back situation last year where it, it, it just didn't really matter. Yeah. Who they put in. What's, um, what's funny is that, uh, I don't know. He was just not, he was okay. I think a lot of the running back problems for uh, Los Angeles last year was not that Todd Gurley and Daryl Henderson sucked or Malcolm Brown. Cause Malcolm Brown's there too. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it wasn't that they sucked. It was just that that offensive line was not playing well last year and the offense wasn't it, good. So yeah, no, it was not playing well, but does that change? 
I think really the offensive much. line is good. I don't think there's problems you there. You just think they had a bad year? I think they had a bad they, the Super Bowl hangover. It, was, it happens every time. That's so fair. I'm not going to say they're going to be good, but it just it really depends on what's what's happening inside that offense and stuff like that. So okay. they could have improvements. They could not. Um, some I think other, he, go ahead. he'd be worth the pick, but I'd actually okay. probably rather take some other running backs in this round. Interesting. I, I think there's a lot of players in this round that are... <laughs> A lot of play. There's a lot of good players in this round. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um. Some some good. I guess some really good values you can get in this this particular round are. Uh, I want to say Marvin Jones, great value. Uh, sure. Yeah. To Kenny Galladay, who who's like a a top four round guy right now, and Marvin Jones, who they both kind of were. They would go off in different similar, games yeah. in similar ways and so it's like i think marvin jones he's not going to score as many fantasy points as kenny galladay but i think he's going to be um totally worth it he probably totally is the worth best player the pick. in this round he's I probably think. the best player in this round yeah i would agree uh what do you think about mike williams i don't i don't like mike williams okay all right um, that's fair um i was just gonna say the reason why i bring him up is because uh in the philip rivers offense and this is sure. the problem with what T.Y. Hilton's going to struggle with this year. Mike Williams was the outside receiver in L.A. He still is, yep. right? Yep. Uh, and when Philip Rivers was there, the guy had an arm about the... Um, he, could, he couldn't even throw it like 25 yards down the field. It's like Peyton Manning yeah. in his last season. So, so Mike Williams just had literally no fantasy value with Philip Rivers there because he's just not that type of quarterback. He doesn't sling it downfield. Right, so. Right. I don't know that Tyrod Taylor is going to do that, but I think I Herbert and if Herbert takes over at any point this season, he will sling okay. it to Mike Williams and he'll be a yeah, much sure. better quarterback for Mike Williams than Philip Rivers ever, ever My was. My problem is I think Tyrod Taylor is going to be the starter. Yeah. Um, and in which case Mike Williams has no value. And then if Justin Herbert comes in, <laughs> he might throw him the ball a little bit, like you said, but it's still a rookie quarterback with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think Mike Williams has a lot of value to be honest with you. Okay. Um, He's a great receiver, but yeah, I, I would agree. I would tend, I would tend to agree with that. Um, he, he's similar to me. Like, uh, we didn't talk about Slayton in this round yet either. Did we? No, I keep forgetting about him cause I scroll past his name, but anyway, um, yeah, I, I think for Mike Williams, he's, he's my, he's a guy that I'm, I'm intrigued by, but he kind of, he's similar to Deandre Swift in the context that, uh, he's a guy that you could probably just pass on and take somebody that's going to have a better chance at succeeding. And then if, uh, you know, the, uh, the new quarterback, Justin Herbert takes over, then you can look into possibly seeing if Mike Williams is an option. Uh, sure. But I think he's going to end up on the waiver wire at some point in the regular season. Uh, yeah, definitely. I think he will. But anyway, so uh, for me, I, I, I did want to bring up Slayton. Um, he actually is probably, he was a rookie last year. He's one of my favorite second year players. Um, and so in the 11th round, I think it's a great, great draft pick. The question is, does he end up being the third wide receiver on the team? Yeah, I think um, that's a concern. If he if he ends up being the third wide receiver on the team behind, uh, what is it, uh, Sterling Shepard and um, Golden, Tate. Golden Tate, then I think there's going to be, it's going to be a tough time for Darius Slayton. He's not going to have a lot of yeah. opportunity. But then again, every year there's a wide receiver that starts the season as the third guy and then blows up. So sure. he could be that. He could not be that. I don't remember what draft capital they used to get him, but um, he was a late pick. 
but he had a great yeah. rookie year. He did have a great rookie season. So it he really seventh round pick. It depends on what they want to do with him. I don't think it's a bad selection as like a you know a deep selection in in your drafts. In a twelve team, you can probably get him in like the ninth, tenth round. Um, yeah. And in a ten team, you can obviously lock him up in the tenth or eleventh. And if you if you get him, I mean, he's not expected to start, you know, by any means. But he's a guy that can have a, has a couple of good weeks. You can sell to a team like I did Terry McLaurin last year. <laughs> yeah, he was a fifth round pick by the Giants last year. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. With Evan Ingram there too, though, I think there's a chance he could be like the third or fourth option on that team. Yeah, um, which is scary. But he could also like very well. Like, could you see him being also the the number one receiver on that team too? With like, I I think he could he could he could easily be the fourth option, and he could, he could be easily be the first option. Yeah, yeah. The chances it's, he's the four he's the first option are very low. Yeah, but it could happen. Um, it's possible. I mean, because yeah, like I could see him surpassing Shepard and Golden Tate. Like, I don't think yeah, that's impossible. I think um, you and I's favorite player in this eleventh uh, round. It's probably J.K. Dobbs. Yeah, I, mean, I would say I, I don't want to draft. See, I, I'm I'm starting to get out of the phase of you know uh, rookie drafts and and dynasty and and really liking these rookie running backs and wide receivers and starting yeah. to look more at redraft as a whole and be like, okay, how much value do these players actually have year one for redraft leagues? Right. Um, right. Dobbins to me. I'm very, very curious to see how they utilize Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins together. Um, the last time a rookie running back, they, he was a second-round pick, early second-round pick, correct? Yes. The last uh, time he was, it, a late, he was a late second-round pick, actually, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um, he but fell the, to them. Though. The last time that something like this happened to Mark Ingram, <laughs> it ended up being Alvin Kamara. I don't yeah. want to make those comparisons, but like. Uh, if you know, on a team that runs the ball more than anybody in the league, yeah. I would think Dobbins is going to get a lot of opportunity. He's not going to be an RB1 this year by any means, but I think he could sneak into that RB2 mid-range to late converse, late to mid-range RB2 range next season and surprise a lot of people. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with Dobbins, but I think he fits what they do maybe even more than Mark Ingram does. Yeah, I I love love J.K. Dobbins, but for year one, I don't know if he's gonna be that great. Um, okay. There's still Gus Edwards is still on that team, Justin Hill is still on that team. Although I don't think either guy is gonna do much, but they're still on the roster as of right now. Mark Ingram is still on the roster. Yeah, and they do run the ball a lot. Um, so just because he's J.K. Dobbins and they run the ball a lot, I'd probably be willing to draft him, and just because of his upside, like somebody gets hurt. Mm-hmm. he's going to be insane. And, you know, there's always a chance he could be Alvin Kamara. But I, I think there's just too many bodies there year yeah. one. That long-term, like, dynasty, I absolutely love J.K. Dobbins. But, Obviously. Um, for this year, I don't know. I, I think he's worth he's he is worth a draft pick here, though. Okay. Um, I would say uh, I'm going to skip some of the thoughts on Keyshawn Vaughn. I'll ask you one last question about this round. Noah Font, what thoughts? Uh, I love to know a font before the draft. Um, I don't like him as much now. He he did have a very good connection with Drew Locke when Drew Locke came in. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is it, it, Drew Locke is still kind of unproven, and they added uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. So yeah, there, there's some he he's got some competition now when it comes to targets. 
Uh, I still like Noah Font. I think I'd probably, this is a fine spot for him, but I don't love him as much as I did before. Uh, I'd probably, I would probably draft him at this spot though. Okay. Um, we move into, what is this? The 13th round? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I think for me, we got two defenses in this selection, Three in this defenses. section. Three defenses. So and I, a kicker. I don't, I, I don't draft kickers and defenses in drafts. And a lot of people will be like, why, why do you not do that? And I'm like, because I don't really find it necessary. Um, if you don't draft, last year the Patriots were the best defense in by far in all of fantasy football, and yep. they were undrafted. Yep, and the so, Bears were the top. And they didn't work out. And they were so, in like the eighth round. Don't draft defenses. Try to pick up, pick them up off the waiver wire. Stream them. Same thing with kickers. You're not you're not going to be able to get the guy in the draft. It's not going to happen. Um, so I just don't, I just don't draft them all. So I actually, I, I do draft a kicker by waiting until like the 15th round. Yeah. I don't, that's, um, I usually, I just like to draft defense, as much value as I can to trade it away sure. before the season starts. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, in the 13th round, there's, there's a couple of guys. Um, we got rookie wide receivers who I should just, you just avoid CD lamb, Jerry, Judy. Um, I think CD lamb actually would be worth a pick here. I've I thought that before, but now I'm starting to come down on it. You're fading on it. Yeah, I just yep. think how the, the amount that Dak throws the football. I mean, he he threw the ball like 600 plus times last year with Mike yeah. McCarthy coming in, who favors quarterbacks and throwing the ball. I think they're going to throw the ball 600, I think, 600 plus times again this year. I think that um, I think that you're only going to see Ceedee Lamb get like 70 targets, though. Really? Yeah. Out of 600 plus throws that Dak's yep. going to have. Yeah. I don't know about that. Cause I don't know about that. A hundred of the targets are going to go to Zeke. 150 of them are going to go to Amari Cooper. If he plays the whole season, that's 250. So I, I haven't started time. out the Cowboys, so but I don't think CD lamb. I think CD lamb's a fantastic value at this point. Cause I actually think he might, nice. he's going to have the same amount as Michael Gallup. Just, uh, just the amount of times the Cowboys throw the ball. 70 to 100 is probably safe to bet, but I don't think he goes over that. But even that's like a wide receiver three to me. High end. Okay. So I don't know if it's worth drafting him. I, I just, just like, I don't like relying on rookie wide receivers because they end up burning you. No, no, no I, you're right. I, I would agree. But in the yeah. 13th round, I think it's a fine pick. And okay. he, I mean, look, look at what like DK, I, I think he could be like a DK Metcalf from last year. Yeah. And there's nothing else in this round, so I guess. <laughs> right. Well, that, that that's yeah. the thing too. Like, there's nothing else. I. So my favorite player in this round, though, is by far Matthew Stafford. If I'm sitting in the 13th round, I haven't drafted a quarterback yet. I'm 100% taking Matt Stafford. Okay. Um. He was he was the third ranked quarterback in fantasy before he got hurt last year. Yep. Um. He's got a ton of weapons. They added DeAndre DeAndre Swift. Uh. The offensive line, they added a few interior guys yeah. to improve it. They have TJ Hawkinson fully healthy. They have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola still on that team. Like They have pieces, man. Okay. And uh, I think taking Matt Stafford in the 13th round is a great value. All right, let's move on to the 14th round. Two more rounds to go, my friends. Um, so we had in the last round, I think we had uh, – the conversation of Sterling Shepard. We didn't talk about him, but Sterling Shepard was in the 12th round. Yep. Or the 13th round, 13th, 12th round, 13th round. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he, uh, he, 
I guess in the last three rounds you saw Darius Slayton and then Sterling Shepard and now Golden Tate. I really don't know what the Giants quarterback wide receiver situation is going to Nobody be. Nobody does. So I, I at this point I would pick one and that would be Darius Slayton and just move on. I don't think we need to be playing around with Golden Tate and Sterling Shepard. I mean I think both of them are good values. Think, one of them are yeah. is going to be really good this year. Right, but it's a it just matter. By the time we get to August, we'll kind of have a feel about who the wide receiver one is going to be on the team when they actually release their depth charts right before the season starts. So, you know, you can kind of sure. make a logical decision. But at this point, I would say go Slayton and just ignore the other two. I don't think it's a bad value, but yeah, I mean, you, you pick your poison. Yeah. Honestly, one of the, one of these guys, I think Shepard might be the best guy, but he gets hurt okay. a lot, and I think he probably will get hurt. So I think yeah. that comes down to probably Slayton or Tate. And Tate's the other guy, so I, I I probably agree with you that Slayton is the guy I would take. But it really could honestly be any one of these three guys that has a good year. Heck, maybe two of them have a good year, depending on how good Daniel Jones is. Yeah. So if you want to take Tate here in the 14th round, I mean, it's totally fine. This is a round, too, where I see a lot of... I see some of these guys moving up. I really like a couple of them, but um, TJ Hawkinson would probably yeah. be my guy in the draft at this point. I thought he might go Absolutely. ahead of Noah Font. But um, what they drafted him to be, I said last year, avoid him. And um, he had a couple of really boom games, but he was bad for most of the years because he's a yeah. rookie tight end. Those boom games, though, he looked absurd. There he were some, like, there were some yeah. games where he didn't catch week a touchdown, one, but right? he dropped like, yeah, week one, he had a great game. And I was like, everyone was like, you're an idiot for not telling me to draft TJ Hawkinson. And, and, then, he like, yeah. and then, then he had a bad rest of the year, but he had like two or three really big games. Yeah. He had some games where he just completely dropped a bunch of touchdown passes. He had yeah. like multiple games where he dropped two touchdown passes. So I don't know if that's concerning or that's just rookie jitters, rookie, yeah. but we'll I think, I think serious. year two for TJ Hawkinson, he's going to be absurd. I really do believe it. I think he's going to be really good. And I think this is one of those tight ends that you get in the late rounds, 14th, 15th round, yeah. you know, maybe the 13th, if that's where he ends up going. But if Hawk is between 12 to 15, you have to draft him. Like it's, it's, it's easy money there. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I, he's probably yeah, yeah, he's probably my favorite player in this round. Um, I do also really like Michael Hardman. Yeah, I was um, going to say that next. Yeah, Hardman is taking taking that jump. Was he was a rookie last year, right? Yeah, yeah. No, so he was. That, I saw some of the efficiency stats on this kid, and he was. It's yeah. Um, if he, if something happens have, to Tyreek Hill, me Cole Hardman is is. Oh gosh, he's the new Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Even if Tyreek Hill is there, though, they don't, don't really have an established second wide receiver. Like their second wide receiver is Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, so they don't really have a. It's like a, it varies week to week. Sammy Watkins, that guy in the past. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be that anymore. I think he's kind of on the verge of retirement, to be honest with you. Uh, so I think McCall Hardman is going to take that spot and really have some big weeks this year. I, I think he's for sure worth a 14 round pick. Yeah, and um, do you do you like uh, Baker Mayfield? Um, yeah, I do like Baker Mayfield this year. Um, he he does kind of he does kind of concern me at the quarterback position because what I've come to learn is that some of the best quarterbacks in fantasy football obviously have the floor of rushing. Um, he ran it twenty eight times last year for one hundred and forty one. Uh, rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. So that's a small floor at the early part of the season. Didn't rush back half of the season. He was rushing about, I want to say like 
maybe two to four times a game, which is not great. But um, so he 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 can get rushing Mighty. yards, but I sure. I don't. It, a lot of it's going to have to be him throwing thirty five plus touchdowns with forty five hundred yards is is what he's going to have to do. And I find that really hard for him to do. He does have the fourth easiest schedule among quarterbacks in fantasy football this year. So I I think for Baker Mayfield, it's to me in the 14th round as a 14th quarterback off the board worth the risk. Yeah. So, I mean, due to partly because of schedule and I think the Browns are just going to be a better team. uh, I think he'll have a much more efficient season. Yeah. My only problem with Mayfield is he, he didn't throw the ball a lot last year. And um, he's in Vikings an offense that's not going to run. Kevin Stefanski, yeah, they're not going to run a lot of plays. He, I mean, with the Vikings, he ran the ball an insane amount. And if that offense is like Minnesota's, yeah, and I don't even think it's going to be that extreme. But let's say it is. If it's that extreme, mm-hmm. then no matter what Mayfield does, he's not going to have a good fantasy. He could be extremely yeah. efficient, and just because sure. he doesn't throw the ball a lot or mm-hmm. run the ball, he's not going to ha- have an insane year. He's going to be kind of a Kirk Cousins mm-hmm. game manager. Um, I don't think it's going to be that extreme, like the because they have Odell and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. It might be different. I mean, for the Vikings, um, they had obviously their head coach. Uh, what's his name? Oh, escaped me. Why is it Mike Zimmer? Mike Zimmer. So he's 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 an off a defensive guy, but they yeah. brought in an assistant coach who's offensive minded. Um, mm-hmm. he used to coach the Houston Texans when they had, uh, I'm just forgetting names today, but anyway, <laughs> they had an assistant coach and he loves to pound the rock. He loves to run the football. So I don't know what I don't know is that, is it what he was doing on the Viking? I, I, I really want to know who the Browns, you know, or the Vikings play caller was last year. Was it, I think it was Stefanski. Stefanski or was it the other guy? But even I that, I think the assistant coach has more influence over Stefanski in terms of game plan offensively than the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator would um, because that's what they brought this assistant coach to come in and okay. do. So I don't know that Stefanski is going to walk in and say, hey, we need to run the football as much as you know we did last year with the Vikings. <laughs> no, and if they no. do, that's great for Nick Chubb. Uh, and not and so Kareem good for Hunt Baker was. and Kareem Hunt, but not good for Baker Mayfield. The concern yeah. here, is, or not the concern, but what the expectation is for me is that they're going to pass it a little more than they did than the Vikings. Because I think that the flip in the middle of the season the Vikings had when they started throwing the football more, realizing that you have to throw the football in the modern modern NFL. Yeah. Uh, they basically said flipped it in the middle of the season. I think that was Stefanski, you know, not him saying, Oh, we need to switch that, switch it around. But when they decide, Hey, we need to throw the football more. I think that was Stefanski. He's a younger coach. So, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be a lot less rigid when it comes to rushing the football. I think they're going to pass it a little more than they usually did when he was with the Vikings, yeah. but is it enough to get Mayfield into that QB one conversation? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be. I do agree with you. They're going to throw the ball more than like Minnesota did. Yeah. Um, but are they going to throw the ball more than the Browns did last year? No idea. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't know if they'll throw the ball. Yeah. As I mean, much they as don't. They didn't year. like to throw the football. Or maybe as much, but maybe. Yeah, but it I wasn't, just think everything's going to be the ball more efficient than, like, than it was last year because everyone's going to be that, on yep. the same page. So we'll we'll, we'll see how they. Because the other thing too is that if they're slinging it, they're slinging it. They're not just going to run the football the whole time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. We'll have to see. I think he's worth a pick. My, yeah, I pick. think he's worth a pick too. Uh, my my favorite player in this round is Harrison Butker. 
<laughs> no. Do you know this is the 14th round? You know, I, right? yeah, you're I'd probably take him. Yeah. I'd probably take him. Um, anyway, take him. so uh, I do like Alshon Jeffrey here. Don't think it's a bad pick. I think with the new rookie wide receiver coming in, they're probably fading him a little bit more. Um, but apparently uh, he is ready to go for the season. He wants to uh, get back to wide receiver one status. So um, we'll see if Alshon Jeffrey can do that. But I think in the 14th round, it's worth a shot. Definitely worth a shot. Uh, let's move into the 15th round, 15th and final round. Um, it's fifteenth round, right? So I'm confused. Yeah. Myself. So the, the thing, the thing with the fifteenth round, like, there's is not it goes all the way down? <laughs> yeah, I, I'd probably take someone a little off the board here. Um, you know, a yeah. lot of people like you might consider honestly Joe Burrow. A yeah. lot of people are going to okay. draft Joe Burrow. I think Curtis Samuel would be worth a fifteenth round pick. Uh, who is right now going undrafted? Uh, and I know they added Robbie Anderson. Daniel Jones. Yeah, Daniel Jones is another guy. I think it would be a good 15th round I pick. I personally, if if I wasn't able to get Hawk in the 13th, 14th round, um, this is probably where I would draft Mike Kosicki. Yep, I was just going to um, say Mike Kosicki. He's probably the best player. So, yeah, I mean, out of the 10, because we're going up to 140, 15 rounds. So I would say that Mike Kosicki is probably the safe bet. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Burrow is not a bad idea. Uh, I think a Jones. lot of people outside of that, or Daniel Jones, like this is where you're going to see, personally for me, this is where a lot of people draft their tight ends. I mean, where they draft their kickers and defenses. And for me, I'm like, yeah. a lot of the guys after the 150, 50th average pick are probably going to go, you know, by the wayside. So, yeah. I'd probably go kicker here, to be honest. Yeah, but for me, for me, like I usually save my quarterbacks. There is one guy that is very intriguing in this grouping, and he's probably only going to be on the board early in the late 14th, early 15th right now. Deontay Johnson. Uh, that would probably be my that would top my list of what I would want to do in the in the 14th, 15th round. Is, yeah, is try to snag Deontay Crowder Johnson. Is okay. Um, who we, he was actually late. He was a 14th round pick. We, we skipped over him, but he'll probably be a 15th round pick, like somewhere in that range. His ADP is 140. So, but I think Jameson Crowder is definitely okay. Uh, without Robbie Anderson there, a full year of Sam Darnold healthy. When Sam Darnold was healthy, Crowder would get a lot of targets. He's not going to get a lot of touchdowns. So I, you have a secret, like. You have a secret love with Jamison Crowder. Not, you like picked him up just, off the waiver wire last year when he had 10 targets week one and you started sweating. Yeah. Since then, you're like, he you gets know, well, a I mean, lot. Well, just well, just look at it, what he did last year with Darnold in the lineup. He was really solid. Oh, yeah. Um, no, he was good. And and you take out Robbie Anderson, a healthy Sam Darnold for a full season. Like, yeah. I'm not saying draft Jamison Crowder in the fifth round, or any, but I think I think as a 15th yeah. round pick, I think Jamison Crowder is... Um, a good option. So another guy uh, that I just wanted to to mention because uh, we're gonna end the show here, but um, Tony Pollard was a guy that came in and out last year. Um, yeah. He had some weeks where you were like, okay, because the, the Cowboys at some weeks just blew teams out, and Pollard right. would come in. Um, Pollard had a little bit of a role behind Ezekiel Elliott in that offense. Mike McCarthy comes in. He's more of a guy that likes to run an RBBC. They got a second running back in Tony Pollard, who was decent last year. Um, I honestly think if you're in a PPR league, 
he might be a decent play here in the 15th round just because uh, he has that ceiling with the pass catching. Um, he's going to yeah. come in. He's going to steal reps from Zeke. Um, they're going to use him a little bit more than they did before. So I, I don't see him as an elite top tier. You know, as long as Zeke is sitting in front of him, he's right, never right. going to be an RB1. He's just not. He might not even he, reach RB2, but I think if he ends up being a low to mid-range RB2 this year, then getting him in the 15th round is a borderline steal. Yeah, especially if you have Zeke. Like, have an early Oh, handcuff. yeah, yeah, as a, as a handcuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think I know it's week one's kind of early <laughs> to have a handcuff, but yeah. Tony Pollard's probably the best handcuff in hey, fantasy. Not a problem. Alexander Madison. Not a problem to draft him. Yeah. Stay stay aware. Um, but that'll do it for our ADP analysis. We talked about a little bit more in the 15th round in terms of or extending the list down. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be our list for ADP analysis. And our last episode for May. It's starting to it's starting to crank up. June. So I think it was sleepers this month. I believe it is. It's our episodes for this month. Sleepers. Yeah. So it, it's getting real. It's starting it, to yeah, get real. Dude, it, it two comes, two months until August. Let's it's about go. To be June. Yeah. Wow. Things flew. Yeah. It's it's yeah. we're in the swing of fantasy football now. Yep. Get prepared. Um, thank you for listening to this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Don't you check? Don't forget to check out our website, the Fantasy Champions, and check out on June first our draft guide, thefantasychampions.com/slash/draftguide. See you on Tuesday. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube, and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.